freedom, man. That's what it's all about. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. Today is Easter Sunday, 2012. Sunday, April 8th, 2012. And we have a, an information-packed show here for you today on East Star Sunday. We're going to be talking about solutions-oriented approaches. This is what we've been doing for many, many weeks on the show. I've had guests on for the last several weeks. Last week, I do want to apologize. I did not announce two weeks ago that I would be taking the, the uh, week off uh, last su Sunday, I had a personal event to attend, a friend's birthday party, so um, I did play a replay of the show that I did with Jay Parker a few weeks back on healing methods for uh, satanic ritual abuse. So uh, my apologies for not letting everybody know that last week's show would be a replay a couple of weeks back. Um, today, we're going to be uh, shifting the topics a little bit and talking about the non-support of the dominator culture and how that is actually a big problem even for people in the so-called freedom movement. They don't see this uh, in its fullness. They don't really understand the philosophical uh, change, the nature of the change that needs to be made philosophically uh, to understand what domination is, what the aggression principle is versus the non-aggression principle. And this is going to be a long discussion. It's going to extend over many weeks. But today, I want to begin delving into this topic as one of the biggest solutions to the problems in consciousness that is taking place on this planet. And I'm going to start with two basic concepts that need to be understood, and that's emotional mind control. And this is what I call heart control. We talked about mind control, but we've talked very little about heart control. And that, to my knowledge, is a 
phrase that I have coined myself, heart control. So we'll be talking about that today. And we'll also be talking about the concept of apophysis, which we looked at when we took a look into natural law, but we're going to delve into it again uh, today on this show and in the many weeks to come because it is one of the premier solutions uh, in understanding what is actually taking place around us and what we really need to do is employ it to say no. That's what apophysis is after all. So I do have some event announcements, but I have a, actually have several of them. So I'll read those on the other side of this uh, first break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. Stay with us, folks. Great show coming up. We'll be right back after these words. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening on this Easter Sunday, 2012. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Let me get into the event announcements because I have several of them. So, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity will be hosting a networking social here in Philadelphia on Saturday, April 14th, 2012. That's this coming Saturday. At 7 o'clock p.m., this will be taking place at Media Bureau Studios on the corner of 4th and Brown. That's 725 North 4th Street in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. Um, Another event announcement is the official End the Fed rally. The Rally for Sound Money Day here in Philadelphia will be taking place Sunday, April 22nd. Now, I'm going to have to make a decision as to whether I'm going to do the show on Sunday, April 22nd, because there's actually two events here in Philadelphia that I will be attending. I don't know whether I'm going to just attend and then rush back to to make the show and maybe report a little bit about the events on the show, or whether I'm going to put the show on replay for that day as well and and just interact with people there all day. So I'll be uh, making that decision in the coming couple of weeks, but Sunday, April 22nd is the official End the Fed rally here in Philadelphia, uh, hosted by Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. This is going to be taking place at 11 o'clock a.m. at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. That's at 6th and Arch Streets, okay? And the big announcement, the big news for many people here in Philadelphia is the Freedom uh, rally, Philadelphia Freedom 2012, and they're spelling freedom P-H-R-E-E-D-O-M, uh, you know, to, as a play on the word Philadelphia. So it's the Philly Freedom 2012 rally. Um, this is taking place also on Sunday, April 22nd at 1 p.m., and the big news that was just announced this week for this event is that Ron Paul will actually be speaking live at the Philadelphia Freedom Rally here in the city. Um, you know, say what you will about Ron Paul. I personally think he's generally an honest uh, human being and tries to do uh, good things. I don't think government is the solution to any of our problems in no matter how limited its capacity is. That's my take on it. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a total anarchist. 
You know, I don't believe in government whatsoever. I think it's an illusion based on control, and there is no political or uh, legal solution to the mess that humanity is in because it's a problem that's generated in human consciousness, and that's the only place that it can be solved. We're going to be talking about these ideas here today on the show uh, when we get into emotional mind control and apophysis, okay? So, um, but that having been said, many people are going to want to come out to hear Ron Paul's message, and um, I think that's healthy because it was going to wake up some people here uh, who haven't really been exposed to those ideas. So it's a step, at least a small step in the right direction. Um, you know, some people say, what's the difference between a libertarian and an anarchist? Uh, and the answer is a couple of years at best. And hopefully that is the case for people that, uh, you know, are on that path toward understanding that government is not the, the solution to any problems. It is the creator of the problems that humanity is beset with. So uh, going back to the, this event announcement, Philly Freedom 2012 is going to be taking place at Independence Mall, right on the Independence Mall lawn. 11 o'clock, I'm sorry, 1 o'clock p.m., Sunday, April 22nd, 2012, here in Philadelphia, Independence Mall uh, at the corner of 5th and 5th and uh, between uh, Chestnut and Market Streets, okay, uh, at 5th. So uh, come on out for that. That should be a great event. Other speakers for that event are, uh, in addition to Ron Paul, uh, Michael Schuer and James Padiglione Jr. So that should be a good uh, event coming on April 22nd. Finally, um, the uh, free monthly documentary screening and discussion evening hosted by Truth, Freedom, Prosperity also. Uh, I actually, uh, Barb and I actually picked the films for uh, this night and this month. Uh, they're always the last Wednesday of every month here in Philadelphia. Uh, this month it will be April 25th at 7 o'clock p.m. at Media Bureau Studios, also at 4th and Brown. And this month we will be showing the great film, the great documentary film by Ben Stewart, Chimatica. So Chimatica film screening, Wednesday, April 25th, 7 o'clock p.m. at Media Bureau Studios, 725 North 4th Street here in Philadelphia. For more information on all of the events that I just mentioned, uh, going down here in the city of Philadelphia, please visit the website truthfreedomprosperity.org. That's truthfreedomprosperity.org. Okay, let's jump into the uh, subject matter for the show today. And again, uh, over the past uh, many weeks, I've been interviewing people, having people on the show to do interviews, and I've been taking a lot of calls. Um, we're going to shift back toward more of a uh, lecture type information format here for maybe the entire program here today. Maybe I'll decide to take some calls later, but m more likely than not, I want to focus on this subject material. And um, this will probably be the trend for the next many weeks because the concept of the removal of the support from all forms of the dominator culture is the solution to the problem. It is taking action that needs to be taken in order to get out of this situation that we're in. You know, a lot of the concepts I bring up here on what on earth is happening can definitely be heady and abstract, but ultimately you need to convert that wisdom that is acquired by the under, through the understanding of that information into action. That's the only way that it's, it really becomes wisdom. You have to put it into action. 
So that's what why I read event announcements like that. You have to get out. You have to get involved. You can't be an armchair quarterback and complain about the way other people are putting the truth out there. You have to do it yourself. You have to get out there, interact with other people. You have to change people's minds. That's what this is all ultimately about. And that's the hardest work that there is to do, is to actually change someone's mind. And that's what the whole concept of the removal of the support of dominators, getting people to change their mind about how they see the real creators of the New World Order, which we're going to talk about here today. How do they see these dominator people, these order followers, the people who go out and do the bidding of their dark occult masters who they don't even know, who they never met, who they don't believe exist. And they'll argue with you until they're blue in the face from oxygen deprivation uh, that that doesn't exist. You know, so will a lot of people in the truth and freedom movements. You know, they don't want to accept that the occult is real. They don't want to accept that these people have a religion that they believe in and, and they're acting on. And it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. But if you don't know your enemy, you don't know his mindset, you don't know his strategy, you're, you're lost in this game. You have to know that first, then you need to act. But you do need to know about your enemy's mindset and what their beliefs are, what drives them. Then you have to put it all together and decide how are you going to take action in light of that new knowledge that you've acquired. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. I also uh, neglected to mention uh, in the last segment that I will be appearing on the Bob Tuscan radio show this Monday. So actually, that's tomorrow, April 9th. Bob's show is live right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Network every weekday from 8 to 10 p.m. East Coast time. So Bob will be bringing me on his show tomorrow night as a guest. I'm not really sure what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure it will involve natural law in some capacity. I'm sure it will uh, involve human consciousness in some capacity. And Bob's a great uh, talk show host here on Oracle. Um, always a pleasure to be uh, asked to be on his program. So uh, let's get into the subject matter. And I want to direct everyone to the website, whatonearthishappening.com. Click the radio show tab of the site, and there underneath the player will be images for today's show. These are images that will accompany the concepts and ideas that I'll be talking about on the show today. You can follow along with them. Uh, it's a, uh, they're numbered links. When you click them, it pops up as a little mini slideshow. So image number one there uh, shows that this is a continuation of the section that I have been calling the way out on this program. What are the solutions to the problems that humanity is beset with in consciousness? 
Image number two shows the grassroots solutions for real and positive and lasting change. These are consciousness-oriented solutions. They involve a fundamental shift in worldview, which is why that is the number one solution, healing the worldview. We've already covered many of these topics, many of these sections of these solutions. We looked at worldview healing. We looked at how to change the quality of our attention, okay? How to develop true present moment awareness and mindfulness. We looked at changing our diet and getting onto the right foods. We looked at detaching from the monetary system to the extent that it is within our capability of understanding that that's an illusion to begin with completely. And it's there as a mechanism of control. And we have four sections left in the solutions section. And then from there, this radio program is really going to become more free-flowing, to be quite honest. We'll review some things. We'll bring in some new concepts. I will also be covering some additional occult traditions in future shows to expand on a knowledge base that we've already begin, uh, begun building in that regard. I'll be having many, many more guests on the show in the future. We'll be doing open call uh, shows again in the future. We're going to focus on getting these solutions wrapped up, okay? We're going to focus on fleshing out these last four solutions, and the non-supportive dominators is definitely one of the biggest, and this is going to take several weeks. I may cover this as long as I covered natural law, Okay? And that's beginning today. Uh, we're also going to look at the use of entheogens in a conscious context and perhaps bring on a few guests in that regard to talk about psychedelics and how they should be employed in order to change human consciousness. These are helper spirits. They're helper consciousnesses that really are here to help us to dissolve our ego. We're going to talk about the dissolution of the ego here today because that is tied inextricably in with emotional mind control. Okay? We're going to look at, in the future, the pow employing the power of positive thinking and becoming a teacher ourselves, which is really what we need to be doing not just sitting there, absorbing everything, absorbing it, absorbing it, and never actually then converting it into wisdom, which is taking action on it. And that's, again, going and helping other people to change their mind. Carl Jung, the philosopher and alchemist, you know, put, put it best when he said, enlightenment is not just imagining figures of light. It is making the darkness conscious making it conscious through action, making people to change their minds. Obviously, you can't force that change, but you could influence it. And he goes on further to say in that quote that that latter procedure, you know, the one that he mentioned last there, okay, is very unpopular because it's very difficult it is difficult. It, requ it requires the most effort, and therefore most people don't want to do that work. They want to complain about someone else. They don't want to actually change themselves. And this doesn't mean that 
you can't say someone is responsible for their actions and point out what they're doing is wrong. That isn't what I mean by pointing fingers. I mean really thinking that it's the, just a small group of people at the top who's the, who are the cause of all the problems that have beset humanity, that nothing could be further from the truth. These people are influencing people, yes, but they're not the ones actually taking the action. They get other people to take the action through influencing their minds. And in their spiritual weakness, these people at the bottom, many, many, many more of them than there are these mind controllers at the top of this hierarchical pyramid of control, they're the ones who go out and take the action. They're the ones who bear all of the culpability and, and the, the karmic consequences upon their soul. It isn't the elite going out with machine guns and gunning people down. It's not them taking away people's natural law rights by corralling them and putting them in cages for non-crimes and offenses that, that, that you know, are made up. That they have no right to take them away for because the people are acting within their rights. No. Police and military do those things. We're going to talk about these two groups of people because this is what the dominator culture is. It's also people who give their consent to those people. It's also the people who think that they're doing a great service to humanity, who think that they're heroes. And again, I'm going to come out and you're going to hear things in this whole section through the, the non-supportive dominator culture, ladies and gentlemen, that are going to be abrasive, harsh, but they are going to be absolutely true. Absolutely true. And I'm not going to mince any words. I'm not going to pull any punches. So we're going to get into things in this section like repressed sexuality, which I haven't talked much about at all throughout this, this entire series. But we're going to talk about the sexuality of these individuals and how that plays into how they behave. All right, we're going to get into how religion plays into this in people's minds. We're going to get into the worshipers of the state, their mindset, what made it that way. Why don't people want freedom? Why do they fear true freedom and personal responsibility? What is going on in their psychology, in their psychological makeup that makes them take these stances, take these positions ideologically? We're going to look at the fact that there is no political solution to this problem. There never has been. There is only a philosophical solution. So when we come back, going to begin this section, this solution section, which is called the non-support of dominators. And we're going to start by looking into emotional mind control and what that is and how it works. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, folks. 
This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. So if you're following along with the images, I want to let everyone know uh, I did make a last-minute change to the images. So if you only see 12 images on the radio show page, please refresh the page. Uh, There's supposed to be 13 images. I did neglect to upload one, and I made that correction during the last break. So uh, refresh the page. You should see 13 images on uh, on the radio show page underneath the player or with the podcast, you'll certainly see them. Um, image number three is uh, a representation of the Dominator culture, and it's uh, from the film Star Wars, obviously. It's a bunch of stormtroopers in their white uh, uniforms, meaning one form, okay? Meaning no individuality, no uniqueness. Everybody's the same, Okay. And if you take the helmets off, of course, if you're a follower of the Star Wars saga, you'll recognize that it's actually all the same individual underneath every one of those helmets because the stormtroopers were a cloned army, all cloned from the same individual Jango Fett in the story, okay? So they're all clones, literally, meaning copies of each other, and that's what the dominator culture wants people to become a carbon copy, something that's not really even alive, something that is made. It is the facsimile of life made from something that was once alive, but it's just a golem. Okay. It's a golem. It is a thing that is imbued with motion, but it doesn't really have any real life to it. It's not making its own choices or decisions. It's not thinking. It's not feeling. It's just acting. You pull the strings or put the little electrical impulse to it, and then it it acts. It jumps. That's it. Its impulses can be completely controlled. And that's exactly as the dark occultists see these individuals. We're going to do a whole show, as I did at the Free Your Mind conference, on how the dark occultists see these individuals. I'll give a whole show, maybe two shows, to that topic, and we'll go over the occult mockery of the people who are actually the order followers and do the bidding of their masters. It's like a a master who hates his dog and just kicks his dog constantly, constantly commands it, gets it to do whatever he wants it to do, but he still loathes it with his whole being. Because at some fundamental level, he identifies how could this dog continue to do what my sick, twisted brain is, is asking of it, that means it hates itself at some level. That means it, 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 it so is only concerned about what it can get from me that it has no care for its, its own self whatsoever. It has totally given up itself. This is another concept we're going to tie into the, the non-support of dominators, the concept of the loss of the self. This will be an entire section within this section. I call it, many researchers other than myself have also called it selflessness. Not selflessness in the sense that you don't, you're not selfish, that you care about other people, but selflessness meaning you have actually lost the qualities of the true self. You have become a non-self. The self, the original true self is gone. 
and there's only a husk, a shell of what that once was. Okay? So, the next slide shows the two main groups of people, and again, there are ancillary groups who assist the New World Order, but these are the two groups of people who bring it in, the dark New World Order. I want to be very clear about making that distinction. We talked about the concept of that there's really two New World Orders, that one is a, a, a place where truth and freedom prevail, and one is a place of utter devastation to the human soul and the utter destruction of freedom where enslavement is the order of the day. Okay? So, what we have to understand is that that dark new world order doesn't get made without these people's cooperation in slide number three. It does not get made without the police and military's cooperation. As a matter of fact, what we're going to see is not only does it not get made without them, there's a reason for that. Because they are its creators. The dark occultists are not the creators of the dark new world order. They are only the influencers of it. But they are not the ones who actually perform its creation. The police and the military are the ones who actually perform its creation. And if you're having a difficult time with that topic, that gets us to the very first subsection within the solution of don't support the dominator culture. Withdraw your support. Say no to it. Because that involves the getting over of a form of mind control. And it's called emotional mind control. And I have a depiction of it, comical though it may be, in slide number five. And this is the traditional image of the three monkeys, one with his hands over his ears, one with his hands over his eyes, one with his hands over his, his mouth. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Okay? You don't want to hear or see or talk about the things that are really wrong. You want to think that we can somehow get to a place of rightness, of goodness, of order, of prosperity without taking a look at what currently is wrong or admitting the fullness of that wrongness. In other words, people want to look at little sections within the wrongdoing and they want to think, well, it's this aspect that's responsible for the whole mess or it's this group of people that's responsible for the whole mess and not that group, you know. They want, to, they want to pick and choose. They don't want to look at the totality of the situation because they have something that they're holding on to, something they're attached to, something that they can't admit or let in to their own mind, to their own consciousness, okay? They can't let it in because they're holding something so close to them that somehow they feel forms part of their identity. Okay, we're going to look at that when it comes to emotional mind control, heart control. They're holding on to some feeling about something that they don't want to let go of. So let's give an example. Let's give an example of a son Okay, 
whose father was a cop. So he has fond memories of that individual. He believes in his heart, okay, and in his mind, the son does, that the father did good things. Now, notice I said that he actually did good things in his role as a cop. Let's leave out the father's role as a father for a moment. We're talking about his role as a cop. The son loves him for all the things he did for him and the family in his role as a father or a husband. Okay? So we're talking about two different roles. Two different ways of being in the world, of functioning. One... He's an order follower. That's the reality of his role as a cop. He's told, this is your job. This is what you do. If you don't do this, you can't do this job. You cannot say, no, I'm not going to do what I'm told to do and be a cop. doesn't work like that. If you say, I'm my own person, I'm not going to do this just because this is told to me to do, then you're not a cop. You, you cannot continue to do that job and keep your job in that role, in that capacity, and still be your own person following your own conscience. It is, it, it, these are antitheses. They are diametrically opposed ideas. A cop, by definition, is a follower of orders. And those orders come down to him through man's dictates called man's laws. And then he is told by his superiors in the political structure, okay, in the governmental structure, this is what you must do or must not do. He's not actually making those decisions himself. And you could argue this again until you're blue in the face, but when you really look at the situation, that is exactly as it is. It isn't some other way. So we're going to pick that up on the other side and continue to look. What is the sun feeling? When, you, when he hears this knowledge, what goes on in his mind and in his heart? We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Gotta keep my cool. Make him think I'm made of stone. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Mark Passio, and this is What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Coming to you live on this Easter Sunday of 2012. Talking about the non-support of dominators and the dominator culture as one of the prime solutions to the problems that humanity faces in consciousness. And as the beginning, the introduction to this, we need to talk about emotional mind control, or as I have coined it, heart control. Okay? We, we've looked at mind control and all the ways that this goes to work on us cerebrally, but we have looked very little at heart control. How are our emotions controlled? And they're controlled the most when it comes to the people who we know who are actually the servants of the dark and don't even really know it. And in many cases, that blinds us from be, being able to understand that. 
that they can only be bringing by what they're doing chaos into the world. It is impossible for them to be creating order, harmony, safety, any of those things because their actions are based in fear and confusion and coercion. And as a result, they can only ever create chaos, which is why I said that the, the dominators, the people who are actually order followers, who believe that they have the natural law right to do things that they most definitively and absolutely do not have any right to do, are the creators of the dark new world order themselves. It is not their occult overlords. And I'm not making any excuses for those people, the dark occultists. They are evil in their own right and in their own way. But at the same time, they do tell people what they're about to do before they do it. And they have to get some sort of complicity or acceptance. And they may even tell people wordlessly through symbol, but they tell them. Okay? And ultimately, they're not the ones going out and doing these atrocities. They're not the ones out in the fields murdering people in the killing fields. They're not the people on the streets who are slapping handcuffs on people and throwing them into a, a cage someplace. They're not the ones doing that. They're not taking that action. And as a result, their culpability is, is negligible next to the people who are actually doing that action with their body, employing that behavior. You can look at the atrocities committed by people in Soviet Russia or in the Third Reich in Germany, okay, and understand the leaders were a, a minuscule component of that population, tiny, tiny fr fragment of it, a portion. They're secret police. They're military. That's who actually did those things to people. These were people. And it's the same way in any culture. That's why it's called a police state. Okay? It's the same thing in any totalitarian police state. Ultimately, those people do not have developed consciences. They don't know what real conscience is. And that could, take it however you want, ladies and gentlemen. Get offended. I don't, that's not my business. That's, if you're offended by that statement, perhaps you are under emotional mind control. They're the people actually doing it to the other people. They have a choice in the matter. You can say no to it. They didn't, did not really have a developed conscience. Conscience in them was not truly born. Otherwise, nothing can make you do that to another human being. It, it, ladies and gentlemen, it would not matter what the circumstance or situation was. You would never see me being given orders to shoot somebody who I know did nothing wrong, did no wrongdoing to someone else, and then me saying, yes, I'm going to do it. It wouldn't make a difference if you said, you're going to kill me, I'm going to torture your family, I'm going to kill and torture everybody you've ever known. It doesn't matter. I have a developed conscience, which is the true objective knowledge between what is right and what is wrong, and then the willful choosing of the behavior that goes with the right and not the wrong. The behavior that is in harmony with right, right action. That's what a conscience is. 
So no one, no matter what they do, is going to get me to violate somebody else's natural law rights for a paycheck, for threats on my body, or any other reason. Again, I, I say threats of torture are even meaningless. And not just for me. I'm going to choose not to cooperate with evil no matter what evil does. The end. See, that's what truth is. That's what serving truth is. It's not wishy-washiness. It's extremity. And when people say, oh, you're an extremist, I take that as an absolute compliment. Truth is extreme. This is one of the things we have to understand when we look into emotional mind control. That truth is extreme and it does not matter what form truth comes in. Truth can come in a beautiful appearance and it can come in the form of a horror. It can come with a soft-spoken voice or it can come shouting through a bullhorn. And this is another aspect of emotional mind control. Let me wrap up the first one. We talked about the son who can't give up the idea that his father, he knows his father to be a genuinely good person in his interactions with him. But when his father was doing the role of a cop, how many people did he lock up for putting a substance into his own body? And then, yeah, he came home and loved his family and brought a paycheck home and put food on the table for his, his uh, daughter and son and, you know, and wife, etc., but what does that ultimately matter if the person is violating someone else's rights when he goes out to do that job? You know, how many protests was he asked to shut down during his career? How many people whose property did he go and take because they failed to pay their extortion money to the dominator culture called a tax? All of these violations of natural law. And the person who's doing that job is never saying, I'm going to look at the action that I'm taking based on whether it is in definitive harmony with natural law principles. Do I have a right to take that action? Is it harming someone else? Did, is the person who I'm being asked to stop from doing what they're doing, are they harming someone else? Or do they have a right to take that action? No, none of those things are, are even thought about in the mind of, of the stormtrooper, of the clone, of the copy, the cop. It's, this is my job, this is what I do. My behaviors go unwaveringly along with what I'm asked to do because that's what my job requires. Other, if I don't do that, I don't have a job. See, because that's the whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. You can't be an enlightened person following your conscience and be doing that job. It's not possible. That's an antithesis. It's diametric opposites. Those concepts do not exist simultaneously. They can only exist simultaneously in a diseased psyche. It's called cognitive dissonance. It's a psychological illness that you can believe you're a totally good person following your conscience and still following orders. If you're following orders, you're not following your conscience. You're following what someone else is telling you to do. And if you're following your conscience, you're most certainly not following anyone else's orders. You're only following the truth. 
Which brings us to another concept. How people hear things. How does this tie into emotional mind control? How they perceive what they hear. Many people want to hear, you know, things that tell them what they want to hear. That's all they will accept into their mindset. Soon as something that doesn't go along with what they want to hear is being spoken to them, they push it away immediately. They react with fear. It's not a, a it's not any kind of a cognitive process going on. It's a reaction. Acting on impulse, on stimulus response, which has which has that's rooted in the R complex of the brain, not in the part of the brain where higher ordered thought is made possible, which is the neocortex. When people hear something and react to it immediately, that's emotional mind control. That's coming from the lower centers of the brain. The R-complex, and then the lower functions of the limbic brain. Now, we can talk about a little bit about that, about brain function, and how that goes along with human perception. We'll pick it up right there on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere, folks. can't stop a person who has developed a true conscience. You can't control a person who has developed a true conscience. They are only following the path of truth, not anything rooted in the human world. They're not following human orders. They're going to where the truth leads. And when you're walking that path, only order can result. But when you're walking the path of following human orders, only chaos can result. Because a person in that modality of consciousness is not obeying their conscience. And this is where emotional mind control comes in. A family member of a person like that, who's followed orders their whole life, they want to identify their personal feelings for them in the role as a family member, as a maybe a protector of the family. A per, in that role, that person may have acted justly, they may have acted in harmony with natural law regarding their family, taking care of their family, provided for them, etc. But the person is identifying their emotions of how they perceive the individual in that role, and they're grafting it onto, they're transferring it to the person in the role as an order follower, in which his behaviors were not in harmony with natural law, in which he followed other human beings' orders, regardless of whether they were in harmony with natural law or not. So his behaviors were not just, they were not good, they were not orderly, meaning they did not really create order. They created chaos in many other people's lives, and subtly, maybe not in 
100% seen ways they create chaos in their own lives through the actual manifestations of natural law and how that works in our lives to bring us the experiences that we must experience based on our behaviors. So the person in emotional mind control can't reconcile these two roles that this individual was playing. And this is part of where the real mind controllers have us, have the majority of us. We can't step back and disidentify ourselves from our role with that individual. And this is what I'm trying to explain to people is so vitally important to do. If your father or your mother or your brother or your sister or your daughter or your son or any family relation is not in right relation with truth and natural law, It isn't up to you to say, oh, but they're my mother. Oh, but they're my son. Oh, but they're my dad. You have a much more powerful responsibility to attend to than a family bond. The family bond, people want to think, is somehow the highest responsibility that any person has. And it's not true. There's a much higher responsibility that should be tended to long before you ever tend to any kind of a bond in the family. And that's the responsibility to the truth and to what is right. You have a responsibility to go where your conscience leads, not just saying, oh, they're my father, so I forgive them for it. If you truly know the difference between right and wrong, putting somebody allowing them to just skip out on it on some kind of a cop-out because you didn't want to hold them to account or you didn't want to check them on their wrongdoing is is a cop-out yourself and that's an abdication of your own personal responsibility to speak the truth just because you didn't want to create an uncomfortable situation we'll pick this up on the other side of the break stay with us Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passier. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, talking about the non-support of dominator cultures, of the dominator culture, and the people who enforce its dictates on the rest of the population, and how emotional mind control, or what I call heart control, plays into that dynamic. You know, breaking these bonds, particularly when they're family bonds, with an individual who is in this kind of disharmony with natural law, and developing the courage to start speaking with them about it to help change their mind about what they're doing, can be very difficult because it's deeply rooted into the human psyche, but more than that, it's actually rooted into the physiology. You know, these functions become like addictive patterns because of how they work in the brain. When you're forging an emotional bond with somebody, you know, the limbic brain is sending certain kinds of chemicals into the body. You become very used to that and dependent on those substances. That's why you miss someone when they're not around. It's like a form of withdrawal. You know, 
these chemicals are like drugs. They are mood-altering. They are body-altering. They are released from the limbic brain. They go into the bloodstream. You become used to them like any other substance that you continuously would put into the body. So someone becomes identified with that feeling when, it is, when they're thinking about or relating to another person in their family. And then it becomes, I don't want to logically think about what they're doing. I don't care about that. I'm just, I'm just going on feeling and emotion here. It doesn't make a difference what they do. And once again, this whole idea that family bond is the strongest makes us look the other way when one of our family members is doing something that's wrong. Meaning intentionally harming someone else. And it doesn't even matter whether they think they're doing the right thing. This is another defense that's constantly used against the dominators. They think they're doing the right thing. The, na the universal natural law does not care whether you think you're doing the right thing. This is another thing people need to emotionally get over. Gravity does not care one iota whether you don't understand it, folks. And neither does behavioral natural law. It's going to bring you what you have acquired as a result of your action. Whether that comes from stepping off the cliff because you didn't know about gravity, or whether it comes from deliberately trying to take someone out, taking someone else's natural law rights because, quote-unquote, I didn't know it was the wrong thing to do. Natural law doesn't care. It, it's not, it doesn't work like your mind or my mind. It doesn't have human emotions. It is an, a law that works unwaveringly, 100% of the time, the same way. People have a difficult time wrapping their minds around this. And it's part of they don't want to accept that there's anything that works like that and that they're subject to it. You are a slave to causality, to natural law. That's how this universe was built. The end. You cannot do anything about that. You can learn how this law operates and then decide to live in harmony with it or not. That's it. They're your choices. It's the ultimate Hegelian dialectic, if you will. But it's the one that is real. So in that regard, do you really have free will? Hey, maybe not. Because there's only natural law which binds you. And you have a choice to make. It's your free will decision, but you're the one who makes it. Do I acknowledge this law that is in place that happens to bind me here in this physical universe while I'm in it? And do I want to work within the parameters of that law in which I don't create suffering for myself, in which I can create harmony and order and wonder and beauty and peace and anything I could possibly even dream or imagine? Or do I want to constantly buck the flow of that natural law I want to believe that I'm God somehow. I could do whatever I want with no consequences. And I'm just going to create disharmony, suffering, endless suffering, and chaos for myself. See, ladies and gentlemen, you could ignore reality all you want, but you cannot escape the consequences of ignoring reality. That's what's not possible. It is possible to ignore reality. You're an utter fool to do it. 
And because you're, you happen to be uncomfortable with what that reality is, you don't want it to be that way. That's why most people won't even look at natural law. I don't want it to be that way. Well, once again, you're not the creator of the universe. Who cares what you want? You need to learn what is and start getting your head around the concept that you need to accept the way certain things that weren't created by you are. They weren't created by any humans. They're just the natural function of this domain that you don't have a say over. This is why in many secret societies or in many mystery tradition schools, people who don't believe that there's a higher power than man won't even be dealt with. And I understand why that is. I get it. Because they think they can get it to make up what the truth is based on their likes or preferences or their emotions. I don't like that. That bothers me, that idea. I'm not even going to look into whether it's true or not. I'm not even going to look into whether that happens to be the conditions I'm surrounded by and surrounded with and that I'm binded by or not. I, I have no care to look into any of that because that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like it, so therefore it can't be true. Which brings me to the next couple of slides. You know, I call that the arbiter of truth syndrome. I get to make up what truth is based on how it makes me feel. And here's the, uh, the flip side of that coin is when people hear the truth, they react in different ways. Based on how it makes them feel. Not on whether it's accurate, not on whether it can actually be verified, whether it's true, the veracity of the information. No, no, no. I'm going to judge it based on how it makes me feel. So if I don't like how this person looks or the sound of their voice, or if that information's making me uncomfortable, or I don't like the way he presented it, or he left this little tiny detail out that I think is important, even if the rest of what he's saying happens to be true, I'm throwing it all out. This is such an immature way of seeing reality and coming to any conclusions of what is. But unfortunately, this is where most people are at. And this is a symptom of emotional mind control. Many people, in, again, in the freedom and patriot movements are under emotional mind control. And I'm going to give you an example in a way how I'm not under that kind of mind control or heart control. When people hear people shouting or screaming something or saying it in a harsh or abrasive way, they want to think it isn't true. So I put this up as slide number six for you to take a look at. You could take a look at it during the break and I'll get more into it on the other side. You know, people can shout two plus two equals four. At the top of their lungs, it's always going to be true. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, everyone. Non-support, dominant culture. First part of this is understanding what emotional mind control is and how it works. How people graft emotions onto 
other people in their family, their circle of friends, and don't want to objectively, logically look at what the people are actually doing, the role that they're fulfilling in the creation of the dark new world order. That was the first part of this. The second part of this has to do with human perception and how people want to perceive reality versus accepting reality as it is or even being able to see it at all as it is. This is one of the biggest problems that humanity has. And many people fall into the trap of, if I don't like the way the information is being presented, it's not true. So I put an Im two images up here to emphasize this form of mind control, which is, called, which is heart control. It's more about controlling someone at an emotional level than it is controlling them at a mental level. Because they're not thinking with their mind at all. The mind is being removed from the process. And they're being controlled from the feelings of the body. That's why this is a powerful form of control that most people never even see or understand how it works. I'll be the first person to admit my voice isn't the most pleasant to listen to. Never thought that it was. I don't like listening back to the things that I do because I don't like the sound of my own voice as many people don't. That's a common thing. But when I do listen back to try to see what am I doing right, what may, can I improve upon, I generally feel I do do a good job. I listen to the concepts I present. I think I present it in a clear way, in a way that could be easily understood by anybody. I don't overcomplicate it. And I think I do a reasonably good job to explain these concepts. So I, I gauge myself not on how I sound, because I don't like the sound of my voice, when I listen back to it, I'll take a look at what did I actually say? And then I'm going to be honest about, did I do a good job getting that idea across? That's it. doesn't matter whether I don't like to hear it. And this is, again, something people don't even know that they're in sometimes. I'll give another example, okay? Manly P. Hall. Old man before, you know, he, he died, I believe, at the age 93 or 94, something like that. I think it was 93. But he lectured on, on the circuit into his 90s. And when you listen to a, an older gentleman speak at a monotone, very slow pace, you know, deliberate, it can be taxing. It can be something that is, wow, that, that's, that takes willpower to actually sit there and pay attention to that. Because it's, it, let's face it, it's, it's boring. Literally, I mean, you know, it's something that's not really very exciting or holds you in rapt attention. But the information that he's giving is like, whoa. I mean, this guy is a beacon of light, you know. Well, what he's exploding onto the world with what he put forward over his years. So I'm not paying attention to the sound of his voice or whether it makes me bored or even sleepy. I'm listening to what he's saying. And again, if it's super harsh, we could bring Alex Jones up as an example. People call him a blowhard. They say, oh, he's super over the top at what he does. None of that matters. All that matters is, is what he's saying accurate regarding the control system. 
So, you know, in image number six here, I have all these people shouting and looking upset and they're yelling right at you. They got their finger up in your face and they're all saying the same thing. Two plus two equals four. Which is unequivocally, eternally, definitively, absolutely true and can never be any other way. That is a mathematical, natural law reality. It doesn't matter how anyone says it to you. They can say it in the most pleasing, wonderful uh, tones that sound like angels singing. Or they can be a blowhard yelling through a megaphone. All irrelevant. The only thing that is relevant is, is it true? Was that accurate? Does that reflect reality? Image number seven shows the exact opposite of this. The news broadcasters are wonderful friends in the mainstream media. They're always talking in such pleasing tones. And now, now the news. Take it away, Ellen. Sure, Jim. And then they're going to then they're going to spout the most absurd, ridiculous propaganda that anyone has ever heard, and most people are going to gulp it down. They're going to shovel it in with a spoon, they're going to slurp it up with a straw, and they can't get enough. They can't get it in fast enough. More, please. More, please. Yes, I'll have I'll have another. Because they like hearing what they want to hear and they like it being told to them in sweet, pleasant tones, even if it's total bunk. All of these people are telling people every day that 2 plus 2 equals 5. And it doesn't matter how sensuously it's put. It doesn't matter how nice the female anchor dresses up and does her hair and sits you know, with her legs crossed and looks very attractive. It doesn't matter how much humor they interject into it, how they smile at the camera. It's always going to be nonsense. But many people will buy it just because it's told to them like rocking a baby to sleep. You know, in those soft and pleasant tones. They're never going to even go out and check whether it's accurate. They're going to take it at face value because they're gauging information, not with the human mind. They're gauging information through how it makes them feel in the body. And that's what emotional mind control is. And this is the same thing that happens when you say, you know what, your father may have done great things in his role as a father, but in his role as a cop, he abused people's rights all day long, whether he knew it or not. Because he didn't, he wasn't following natural law. He wasn't following his conscience. He was following human orders. And what happens? Boom! Emotional reaction in the body. That makes me feel bad because I remember the emotional connection I had to my dad as my dad. And now I'm going to react to the truth of that statement by getting angry. I'm not going to look into the statement's veracity whether he actually did violate natural laws in his role as a police officer. 
I'm just going to react to the teller of that information, to the bringer of that information, because he touched a nerve with me because I have a deep emotional connection to daddy. You understand how emotional mind control works and how dangerous it is and how it is keeping things the way they are in this reality. Let me give you an example of how I will respond to new information. I'll go out and check whether it is accurate. Okay, so I'm, I happen to still eat eggs. I'm a vegetarian, but I eat eggs. So I eat some dairy products. Uh, I'm trying to work on that because I recognize there's a lot of harm that comes from animals as a result of being in, in the capacity of providing even milk or butter or cheese or eggs. Okay? So I, I've stopped drinking dairy milk. I'm going to tell you about what I've done regarding eggs on the other side of the break. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. Continuing with emotional mind control. We have to understand first, it doesn't matter how information is delivered. We need to get over that. That is part of the calcified human ego, is believing that what our perceptions of the messenger are is directly related to the quality or veracity of the information. And nothing could be farther from the truth because you could get total, absolute truth from a homeless, destitute individual lying in the street in a cardboard box. And that happens to be his situation. He may even be drunk. He may be slurring. And he could give you wisdom. And yet you could go to the executive of the board, way up in an ivory tower someplace in the middle of, 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 the middle of a city, in the boardroom, and that could be the devil incarnate, basically, in a, in a $10,000 three-piece suit telling you exactly the opposite of the truth. It doesn't make a difference what the truth looks like or sounds like. You need to do the work to definitively verify the information. That's it. That's part one of this. Part two is people have such difficult concepts with the idea of definitiveness, definite, absolute, all one way, extreme. These are things we've been conditioned from birth to think, oh, those are bad things. That's bad. You know, the middle, the middle of the road is the best. Shades of gray is how everything is. Everything is relative. Relativism. Never really look at whether something is 
has an objective reality that is independent of my perceptions of it. And yes, there is such a thing. No, everything is not independent, uh, dependent on perceptions. Truth is not dependent on your perception, ladies and gentlemen. If you, you think that's the case, you have bought into some bunk when it comes to relativistic science regarding the observer effect that, that isn't how that's intended to be understood. There is such a thing as objective reality that is independent from my perception of it. That exists. It's called truth. And it can be known. And it is not shades of gray. Truth is not shades of gray. Truth is all one way. There's a, there's a bumper sticker for you. Truth is not shades of gray. It's all one way. This is a, another thing people under emotional mind control cannot comprehend. Because they want it to be the way they've been told that it is. That they've come into a state of comfort with that it elicits a certain emotional reaction in the body. Oh, it's it's not all one way. It's relative. It's it's that's comforting. That means that you know, uh, th this isn't something that really is in is independent of me. It's dependent upon how I perceive it, how I see it, and that's where all moral relativism comes from. The idea that we can get to make it up based on how we feel about it. Oh, I like taking people's rights away. I like following my orders. That that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. I could I could be doing this and actually be right because it makes me feel good. Never looking at is there an objective reality about whether what I'm doing is right or wrong or not. Never looking into what natural law actually is, how it operates, how it brings you the experiences that you must undergo as a result of your behaviors. No. I'm going to just base it all on my feelings and what I've been told. Looking into it for myself, are you insane? That would involve work and taking on the personal responsibility of then knowing right from wrong and having to make my decisions based upon definitive knowledge. Oh, we're never going to do that. We're just going to just base it all on emotion, base it all on feelings, how it makes me feel. How about let's just base it on what I get from it. Do I get the cookies that my master throws at me as as little dog, lap, lap dog that I am? Do I get the little biscuit treat afterward? You know, do I get my paycheck? Is my are, are the bills on my house still going to be paid as a result of uh, continuing to do this immoral behavior? Which, you know, ultimately these people all know it's immoral. Nobody's that dumb, folks. It all really comes down to that. You know when you're doing harm to someone else. Everyone does. They just want to tell themselves that they don't. They think that they can continue to ignore reality flick their mingle, middle finger up in the face of natural law, and they can escape those consequences. And I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, the universe does not work that way. And the people who think that 
and think that they continue to get away with that kind of behavior are in for the shock of not their lives. They're in for the shock of universal time, to say the least. But to go back to this idea of the second aspect of what emotional mind control is about is that the truth is all one way. It is extreme. It is absolute. I, I Briefly, before we get into this, I want to give an example, one other example. I was shown how badly the chickens who lay eggs are treated in certain uh, factory farm conditions and then are slaughtered as well. Even though they, though they may have just been chicken uh, eggs used for chickens, they're then taken to slaughter as well. So knowing that I stopped eating meat because of the harm that it does, because it's not a human right as people have been conditioned in the thinking that it is. And again, you can get as offended about this as you want and look up contradictory data that is made up and is based on religious assumptions to try to get people to accept that, you know, this isn't a wrong practice. Okay? And I haven't really gotten too deep into this because I've been trying to hold my listeners and not offend them to a point where they just say, I'm not going to listen to anything he says. But again, this goes with emotional mind control. And people just need to really be told what is really going on regarding this wholesale slaughter of animals all over this planet in a, in a just a harsh way. In a just way that, you know, look, if you can watch the movie Earthlings and not have a conscience about what's going on with animals on this world, you are a psychopath. And at, at the very minimum, a secondary psychopath. If you take that documentary into yourself and be honest about it, and you say that that isn't wrong, I, I, I fear for your soul, is all I have to say. And I told you that's the only movie in my collection I won't watch again. Out of the thousands, probably tens of thousands of movies I have in my digital library. Okay? I wouldn't watch that one again. I got it. I got it the first time and I made myself watch it again just to hammer it home a little harder. So what I did, yes, I don't eat meat anymore, but okay, I don't eat dairy milk, drink dairy milk anymore. I, I make my own almond milk. I still happen to consume eggs. Now, do I know that that practice is still contributing to some suffering with, with chickens? Yes, I, I do. So I do want to make it even better. I do want to go beyond where I'm at. It's still not good enough. So Barb and I have tried to locate a source of non-slaughter eggs, eggs that come from chickens that are not slaughtered. And we finally did get a, make a contact with someone and we are now we're still eating eggs as part of a vegetarian diet, not a totally vegan one, uh, at least not yet anyway, but who knows what the future would bring. But the point is, the eggs that we get do not come from slaughtered uh, chickens that will be slaughtered at all. They come from a place where the chickens are cared for, basically kept as any other pet that we would keep, and the eggs taken when they, when they lay them and uh, they come from, uh, again, chickens that completely are not slaughtered. So that's one more way I've been able to pull back and exercise apophysis, the saying of no, to the suffering that is generated by what we're doing to animals. 
it's less it's a it's one less contribution to the support of that agenda which is exactly the way we need to go when it comes to dominator culture we'll be right back folks Welcome back, everyone. Last segment of this Easter Sunday 2012 edition of What on Earth is Happening. Let's jump right back into talking about emotional mind control and the extremity of truth. Image number eight on the uh, image section shows that truth is an unwavering line represented by the horizontal black line in the image. We represent the sine wave pattern. Okay, the wave form. And if our frequency is high, we are more in alignment with truth because we hit the absolute in many more places. But if our frequency is low, we're lucky to hit the truth a couple of times in a lifetime. This is what is really meant by high frequency coming into a higher frequency of consciousness versus a low frequency wave. Truth is not something that wavers. We are that which wavers in this reality, in this dimension, if you will. And we have to make it our task to bring ourselves into alignment with truth. Alignment. And when you have a high frequency or when you have things that are uh, bunching up sounds that are bunching up together. Like, uh, you know, if you create a little sound and then increase it, increase it, increase it in its frequency, you eventually develop a tone, a tone meant or at one, because that's what the truth is. It is the one. It's not more than one thing. Alignment, atonement, as these are terms that have to do with frequency. Truth is that very middle point in the wave from which the wave grows out of what it is centered around. It's our goal to align ourselves with that through reaching a high frequency and hitting it at all points. So, the idea of the absolute nature of truth needs to be understood, and we need to get out of this emotional um, way of seeing things as relative, because that somehow comforts us, and it means, oh, we get to make it up, and it's not something that is independent of us, that, you know, binds us, that has, uh, you know, is a higher power than man is. Let's look at the word absolute for a moment because much meaning can be found in the word itself and through green, alchemical green language. And alchemy is something that I've talked a lot about. This has to do with alchemy as well. And if you missed the show I did on alchemy with Bob from Cincinnati on Occult Empire on um, uh, his network, 
you definitely want to go into my news section and check it out because it was a great show and I'm going to do a show just more many many maybe many shows on the alchemical tradition in the future here on what on earth is happening so the word absolute it comes from partially from latin actually pretty much the whole term comes from latin but ab is a latin prefix meaning away from and Sol, solute is the second part of the word that comes from the Latin salve, okay, which we're going to get into in a moment. But a solute in English is a substance that must be dissolved in a solvent in order to create a solution. A solution has a solute and a solvent, okay? So the solute is the hard thing. It's the calcified thing. It's the solidified thing. It's a solid that you are going to dissolve into a solution to create a solution, which is what we're trying to do, is to create a solution. Well, in order for the solution to be created, the solute must be dissolved. So you need a solvent. Well, then that means what we need to look into is what is a solvent? Because if we're trying to dissolve the hard thing to make the solution, and the hard thing is the ego, the, the people's hard heads, okay, their calcified beliefs. Well, what is the solvent that we're looking for to create the solution? What is capable of dissolving the ego? Well, what it is, is the speaking of the truth and the refusal to accept evil, saying no to evil. That is the solution. Saying no to the dominator mindset is the solution. That is the solvent that we're looking for. The solvent from Latin, from the word solve in Latin, means to release, to unbind, to untie, to free and to open. And I would suggest that every one of those terms, okay, should be followed by the word mind. To unbind the mind, to free the mind, to open the mind, to untie the mind, to release the mind from illusion. That is what the solvent is. And the calcified egoic mind is the solute that needs to be dissolved in order for the solution to be created. Now, this has everything to do with language and truth. And again, the biggest barrier to this is understanding that the people who are the creators of the dark new world order is not, are not the people at the top of the pyramid. The people who are the creators of the dark new world order are the people who are following the orders at the, of the people who are at the top of that symbolic hierarchical pyramid. They're the ones who are actually doing it. And until we are honest enough with ourselves to admit this, we are still in a calcified, egoic, emotionally mind-controlled state. 
We're not in consciousness. We're in a state of controlled mind or mind control. We need to get out of that state of mind and into consciousness, which is true understanding. And that means knowing the difference between right and wrong through the understanding of natural law and employing apophysis, which again, this was a concept we talked about in the natural law section, which means to say no from the Greek apophenai. And this is describing what something it is by saying definitively what it is not. So this is not the truth. I'm going to filter it. I'm going to remove it from the solution. This is not in harmony with natural law. Well, then I'm not going to engage in that behavior. This This does not create peace. This does not create harmony. This creates suffering. Well, then I'm going to remove it from what I do. It's been called affirmation through negation, learning the truth by learning the opposite of it, by looking at the negative and admitting it. You know, it it means more than just to say no. It means not to speak. So there are two ways we can employ apophysis. There's a a dark form of it, you know, and I, I put this image at the end, this image 13 to explain the two sides to apophysis is kind of a dual symbol. The dark mystery traditions don't want their initiates to speak. They want them to remain silent. They know that the universe is spoken into existence and we need to communicate our knowledge to other people by word of mouth in order to get them to understand it and ultimately to change their behaviors. So they want them, their initiates not to speak. But in the positive sense, this means apophysis. To say no, not to say yes, to not speak the word yes to evil, to say no to evil is the positive form of apophysis. And I would suggest that this symbol can be looked at in a very positive manner if we understand the concept of apophysis, of saying no to that which is wrong. And that is the ultimate solution. Or at least it's the ultimate solvent the thing that can break down the calcified ego so that we can then create a solution. That's all the time we have for today. The time flew by. We're going to continue with the rejection, the saying no to the dominator culture next week on What on Earth is Happening. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stick around on Oracle Broadcasting. Chris Everard is up next.